of the Pop Goes the Tam Tam Advent Calendar Christmas Special. We're on social media. That's right. We're on Instagram. Search Pop Goes the Tam Tam for the official Instagram page. And feel free to DM me. I've had some DMs so far. None of them have been threatening or terrifying. So that's good. And I haven't got any stalkers either. That's also good. Just search Pop goes the Tam Tam and you'll find us on Instagram. So, without further ado, let's find out what's behind door number seven. Some clues about this Advent episode. It features an Australian singing sensation, a really big boat and some deranged angels. That's right, we're going to be discussing the 10th Doctor Christmas special, The Voyage of the Damned. Right. Titanic, um, sort of the name? So you travel a lot? Stow away. Check your scanners, Captain, you've got meteors coming in and no shield. Look out the windows! Information, you are all going to die. Joining me by the fireside to discuss this episode is a very special guest. And for this guest, my Father Christmas Uber driver has had to go international. That's right, from the US of A, Carlin Jones. Hi, hello. I'm so happy to be here. So yeah, my my podcast is the Starfighter Full Movie Podcast. It's where I basically watch movies I have little to no interest in watching in order to find an appreciation and an understanding to why people love movies that I just never cared for. We had a little chat before we actually started recording this episode and it was a chat about the differences between the UK, US Christmas specials. So do you want to break down for our international audience? What is different between U.S. and U.K. specials that you have observed? Okay, so U.S. Christmas specials are usually about Christmas. They always have, you know, Christmas-related things in them, no matter the genre, if it's horror, mystery, comedy, whatever. It's always christmas theme. The music, the outfits, the, the decorations, it's Christmas. What I've seen thus far from UK stuff is has nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever. They might say the word once and then they'll just get on to what the show's about. I think you hit the nail on the head there, definitely. <laughs> and I have to say, I personally do love Hallmark Christmas special films. 
we've got a channel yeah. called Channel 5 and they basically show them from the 1st of November every day and they're really enjoyable and I love it. Yeah, yeah, they do that down here. I mean, I think the Hallmark Channel is so obsessed crazy with Christmas because that's like their bread and butter that literally all throughout October they have their countdown to to Christmas. It literally starts all the way in October. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. I'd love to see... Now, you said about October, and I suddenly thought, I'd love to see a Halloween... Hallmark do a Halloween movie. (laughs) Yeah, they don't necessarily... I guarantee it wouldn't be anything spooky or scary. They've had, like, a few TV movies of, like, witches or something like that, like The Good Witch. Yeah. It was a TV show, and then it made its own movie. So they had that. I love those sorts of things. I'm a big fan of witches. I shall be taking you to old London town in the country of UK, ruled over by good King Wenceslas. Now, human beings worship the great god Santa, creature with fearsome claws, uh, and his wife Mary. And every Christmas Eve, the people of UK go to war with the country of Turkey. They then eat the turkey people for Christmas dinner. Like savages. We're on separate sides of the world, of the planet. We both watched Voyage of the Damned. You're relatively new to Doctor Who, so we're getting here a very refreshing perspective. Shall we jump into the plot of the episode? Yes, let's jump into it. So, just to give you a little bit of background, we have a charity telethon in the UK called Children in Need, and they always do various TV shows, have specials on the show, and Doctor Who, for their special, they had the TARDIS crashes into the Titanic. We didn't know whether he'd actually hit the Titanic, the real one, but it actually turns out that the Titanic he actually hit was a spaceship. Planet, which is called the Titanic, right? Which is called the Titanic, yeah, because the people who are from that planet, they wanted to go for the most famous ship on Earth, and obviously that was the Titanic, and they don't really understand why it's famous, but they will. <laughs> mm. I thought this plot was kind of, for me, reminded me, have you ever seen that film, The Poseidon Adventure? The Poseidon Adventure? Yeah. Is it an American film? <laughs> it is an American film. Set on a on a ship, and the ship runs aground, and all these people have to try and get to the top of the ship. Yeah, it's a disaster yeah, movie. Here, here in America, it's just called Poseidon. <laughs> oh, I get you. But it's got that sort of Poseidon Adventure or towering Inferno vibe to it. I felt it's kind of like half disaster movie, half Doctor Who sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, I like those type of type of films or stories or what have you. I'm the Doctor. I'm a time lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Casterbaris. I'm 903 years old and I'm the man who's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below. I just want to get your overall thoughts, really, on what you thought of this Christmas special, Voyage of the Damned. So I'm just going to open the floor to you. What did you think? Because mm-hmm. I know when we spoke about ages ago, you had lots of thoughts. I did. And I'm <laughs> actively trying to remember those thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, the episode is... And this, I guess this is technically like my first ever 
Doctor Who episode that I watched alone because my first ever episode I watched with you. Yeah. And um, yeah, watching this alone, I was honestly just trying to figure out what is the Doctor's purpose because I know a lot of people say that he, he just travels and he helps people and all this stuff. But after watching the whole episode, which is pretty trash, I don't know. I just felt that this is the most condescending, manipulative alien that I've ever seen. And I, and I felt like that played throughout the entire episode to me. I have to say, I actually agree with you. Now, I know you're going to think she agrees with me, but I do because I would say towards the end of David Tennant's 10th Doctor run. So just to let you know that this is towards the end. So he's only got one more season and a Christmas special before he actually leaves the show. And it's nothing to do with the lead actor, obviously, but the writing became more and more. The Doctor is quite condescending and the Doctor kind of will go up to a historical figure and sort of tell them things about themselves and be like, you're really brilliant. And it's like, yeah, no, Agatha Christie is brilliant. She doesn't need to be told by you, a fictional character. And for me, this Voyage of the Dams was sort of, it began that process of the Tenth Doctor becoming quite an unlikable character because he's quite unlikable Uh, in this. Yeah, yeah, he is. Very much so, yeah, absolutely. I think there wasn't really a likable character throughout the episode, honestly. I don't necessarily think that's always a problem, though, because I think it's quite interesting in this episode, the people that do survive to the end are the people that, the ones that you think would probably die first, like the old man and the nasty businessman, usually they're characters that sort of would die first. And then you Uh had more, say, sympathetic characters that died before them. For me, not everything has to be likeable. For me, the 10th Doctor in this episode is quite unlikable. And the thing that I just absolutely hate every time I watch it is when he gets lifted up into the air by the hosts, you know, the angels. Yes, the angels. For me, it just hit peak Dr. Jesus. I've got a lot of problems with Dr. Jesus that comes up quite a lot towards the later end of the run. I don't like it. I guess maybe it's this later seasons, like like you said, but I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to figure out why the Doctor even does what he does. I don't think there's a need for him. <laughs> well, I think the whole most of the stories are basically like this. The Doctor takes his companion to an alien planet. Everything is really nice. And then suddenly they realise that... The alien planet is rotten to its core. There's, like, terrible things going down. People need the Doctor Uh, to help them. And so it's basically accidental adventures. I see. I see. Yes. I Yeah, I see. And (laughs) the Doctor actually comes from a race called Time Lords, who are from a planet called Gallifrey. Now, they're like the oldest civilization in the universe. And uh-huh. basically, then they're not—they're in charge of time, but they're not allowed to interfere with with how events unfold, even if it means that lots and lots of people die and terrible things happen. They don't interfere oh, with things. Good. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. But the Doctor does. Yeah, and... that makes sense to me. I think <laughs> I remember this. That's his whole story. So no, he doesn't look for the adventures, but. He always seems to be able to find trouble. 
That's funny. I like to think that he does look for them. <laughs> that, at least that's just what I pick up when I watch the show. I'm the doctor, by the way. Astrid, sir. Astrid Peth. Nice to meet you, Astrid. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, sir. Just doctor, not sir. You enjoying the cruise? Um, yeah, I suppose. I don't know. You don't quite work a cruise on your own. You're not with anyone? No, no, just me. Just, uh... Used to be, but uh, no. What about you? Long way from home, going to Stoke. Doesn't feel that different. Spent three years working at the spaceport diner. Travel all the way here. So I'm still waiting on tables. On to the characters. So you said that you didn't think many of the characters were likable. Obviously, my favourite person, Kylie Minogue, was one of those characters. She played Astrid Peth. I love her. Mm-hmm. Are you tell me she's a pop star? Yeah, she is. She's a pop star. She's actually had a couple of hits in America. You know, we were talking about Neighbours. Oh, yeah, yeah. You said she was on it, right? Yeah, so that's how she became famous. So she was a child actress. She got a gig on Neighbours. She became one of the most famous Australians in the UK. And from that, she then started a singing career. She has had lots and lots of hits. So she started in the 1980s and she's still going now. I absolutely love her. But this was one of her first acting gigs since Neighbours. And yeah, but I still, I'm going to be honest, I've never forgiven them for killing her at the end. I just, I can't get over it, I'm afraid. Really? Yeah, it's just, you can't do that to Kylie. When I watched it, I was actually enraged. I felt that everyone who died on this episode should have died. (laughs) They deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) Not Kylie. (laughs) Everyone. No. (laughs) No, I just, I couldn't get over it. My little, the four-year-old in me was crying. You know, I was like, Mm. you can't kill Kylie. So, have you ever seen Wallace and Gromit? Um, I've seen bits and pieces of it in one of their final adventures and basically Uh there's a poodle in it and she has a very similar fight scene that kylie has um you know when she's in the sort of cherry picker thing yes it's it's moment for moment that fight scene fluffy has that fight scene and it is like it just gives me flashbacks to kylie's death all over again Interesting. Yeah, maybe I have to watch that movie now. <laughs> well done, lad. Yes. So, what did you think of the fear factor of this episode? Zero. (laughs) Was it supposed to be scary? No, I don't think so. This is one of those episodes that I think is meant to be more of a spectacle than a terrifying story. Uh, Yeah, I didn't find anything scary about this. It was just giant, what, gold robots? And that was it. (laughs) What would you rate this episode overall? Um, I'll probably rate it like a one or two. Now, what are your thoughts behind that? I think, well, one, the plot doesn't make any sense. And I feel like this is a thing with Doctor Who, whereas 
it seems like somewhere in the deep depths of the overall premise of the show, there is some bit of a cool sci-fi story to be had. But in at the end of the day, or I guess at the end of every, uh, I guess, plot point, they do no, uh, they, bas- they just don't explain anything of why something is the way that it, that it is. You know, they don't explain the sci-fi-ness of the show, really. Or at least not in a good way, in a very lazy way. So that's one, definitely the plot. The plot was really stupid. Um, they didn't explain anything. Two, I would say the characters. And it's not that the characters are just unlikable. You know, it's always good to have, like, bad characters, characters to root against or anything. But I didn't feel anything for any character. Um, I feel like a lot of their characters, i say, like, two of them, they're, like, fat-shaming them. Yeah, I I would agree on the fat shaming. I mean, when when I watched it back, I mean, I should say I've always been a fat kid. I was a fat kid growing up. So fat shaming, I just, I don't agree with it and I don't like it. I didn't notice when I first watched it how much fat shaming there was. But there was a lot of fat shaming. And actually, in this whole era of Doctor Who, the writer, Russell T. Davis, he does do a lot of fat shaming. Yeah, the characters, they're fat shaming at least two of the characters. Um, The character that you like, the blonde girl. Astrid. um, Yeah, she was very, you know, just a pretty face. You know, she was just there. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's a shame that they didn't give her very much story because we get a little bit about her being a waitress working in a space dock watching spaceships leave all the time and wishing that she was on one of them and that this is her first obviously she's gonna die because this is her first trip out into space and it's like those people when they say after the war I'm gonna go and start a chicken farm we knew she was marked for death from that moment you know (laughs) but yeah, yeah you're right in terms of a lot of the other companions and even I would say the sort of special companions you know the ones that we only really get for like Christmas specials and stuff she's very underwritten and I would say that Kylie Minogue is actually doing a lot of work to to actually get any sort of connection at all anything through Uh and you made a really interesting point when you first watched it and you voice noted me about it and you said that you thought it's quite a sexist character oh yeah that's right so why did you think that well for one she's again a pretty face and really just there to make sure the doctor has someone to kiss or fall in love with whenever the situation <laughs> calls for it um another one is she always seems to be uh, a damsel in distress uh they made it pretty clear that you know she's working this job that she doesn't like and then the, who, who else but the doctor offers her a, a chance to escape her life escape her job come away with me i can save you <laughs> yeah it's it's very interesting because that's a i would say a very interesting take on her and you're right she is for, written very one note and there's not a lot going on with her and you're right she kind of is there to give the doctor a reason really to help everybody i think uh-huh because he kind of he empathizes with the other people around really because he's empathizing with her i don't well what i think about the doctor i don't think he empathizes with anyone i think he really travels to these worlds seeking which world is like about to go through something 
and forces his his will on these people and saves them so he can be treated like a god. That's what just what I get out of the three Doctor Who episodes that I've watched. <laughs> that is a very interesting take. You know, I don't agree, but I think it's very interesting. <laughs> well, no, it is because, as I said before, it's it's interesting to get a refreshing take on the show. You know, because I watch it and I watch it as a fan. And I don't really think about what other people are seeing when they're looking at it. So it's it's cool to hear what somebody who is not a fan thinks. That's my personal take on it. Yeah, so waiting to watch an episode where he actually helps someone. <laughs> I mean, he does help a lot of people, but... <laughs> oh, waiting on it. I haven't seen one yet. <laughs> Just circling back to what you were talking about. I mean, you're a fan of sci-fi. So where would you put Doctor Who in terms of sci-fi? And why don't, because I know you're not really keen on it. So why do you think in terms of sci-fi it doesn't work for you? Um, It doesn't work because I think the biggest thing is they just don't explain everything. And maybe I need to watch more episodes in order to understand why the Doctor, uh, what motivates him to do what he does and and to see his companions do what they do and why they follow him into battle and stuff like that like from what you told me earlier about like usually all of his companions are like by accident it's very interesting to me because now it sounds like he's taking them prisoner <laughs> in a sense <laughs> well for me i've always um, thought that there was a bit of a, a cult element to a lot of the doctor's companions and the way that they view the doctor because if I just break this down to you, what do you think this person sounds like? Because to me, they always sound like they would be like cult fodder. Um, so they're usually young. They're usually uh-huh. female. They usually don't yeah. have any relatives. And they often don't have a job. Yeah, it sounds like he's a predator. <laughs> and he <laughs> seeks these women out and it makes it look like it's by accident. Again, I need to watch more episodes to confirm this, but that's how I pick it up. I mean, I, th- I see him as quite a charismatic cult-style leader. And a lot a lot of the companions, you know, they're very... They're the sort of people that could easily fall into a cult. And no one would ever know what happened to them because they don't have any relatives. So they would just be like, whatever happened to that weird girl who used to go on the bus? You know, that sort of vibe. And I think also that's why a lot of the companions fall in love with the Doctor because he is this charismatic individual. And I think, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think I think they're in a cult, Carlin. <laughs> I mean, I can, see, I can see why you say a cult because I do think there is a bit of brainwashing on his part. So what do you think could have been done to improve this episode? Hmm, what could have improved the episode? That is a really good question, because just from the writing alone, it was doomed to be trash. Um, I'll say, what could it have done? Okay, with still keeping the theme that it's the Titanic, maybe, like, make a lower decks type episode? You, you, you know what that is? Like a lower decks type trope? episode no i don't so a lord dex trope is kind of like um like for an example um you know who oh what's a really freaking good example okay so you know obviously like the mcu right like marvel yeah 
Yeah, so you got like the all the Avengers team, Captain America, Iron Man. And you have all those guys, right? They're like the star. They're yeah. the faces of it. The lower decks trope of Avengers would be like the people or the characters behind the scenes that no one will ever talk about, and maybe you'll see them once. So like maybe well, <laughs> now I'm trying to think of it because it's like it's hard to think of some of those characters. So like, is it like in Star Trek? Because I'm a big Star Trek fan. Yeah, so exactly Star Trek. No. it'd be like if you're yeah. watching Deep Space Nine, then it would be an episode with like Rom and Leela and Nog, those type of characters. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But even but even then, it would be like more. Like, because those characters are well-known, it would still be lesser-known characters. Like, for an example, um, Marf, I believe that's the oh, name. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the guy who... Yeah. Yeah, it would be, like, one about him or one about... Uh, um, the people who work in Quark's bar that you don't know the names of. Exactly. Yeah, I get you. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think that what will help that... Doctor Who episode, it could still be about the Titanic, but how about uh, various crew workers that lives are kind of intertwined with each other during this ex- historic day because uh, the ship is going to go down once again. And it can still feature the Doctor. Mm. Let's just say like they bump into him, not knowing who he is, but he looks weird and whatever. And he's clearly, it looks like he's on a mission and something's happening. And throughout the course of the episode, the ship will go down, um, life support is on, and then everyone is trying to escape to the top. But meanwhile, we're still following these three characters. And I don't know, one can be like a cook, another one can be like an actual guest who finds out whose wife is cheating on him, <laughs> and then the other one can be uh, a stowaway who is um, a bright, young kid who's really smart in his looked up so many historical facts about their original titanic i don't know i'm just spitballing here but i feel like all that would be better than what i just watched (laughs) i really like that idea actually i think you're really onto something there i like the idea that you could start maybe the first 30 minutes of the episode with those characters following them and kind of like a cold open almost but it's half an hour into the episode or 45 minutes and then finally they're like round in this corner and they bump into the doctor and then they become maybe part of his party to survive if that makes sense but i really love that idea yeah i would write it that they bump into him like every like every major plot point like bump into him at the very beginning of the party and then once yeah. stuff goes bad and then they have to like survive on the ship they hear his voice again in like the uh, intercom about yeah. like what to what survivors if there is any survivors what they should do and then they'll bump into him like towards the end when he's facing off against uh whatever the hell that antagonist was for that episode <laughs> he was very weird <laughs> No, I think that's such a cool idea. And I think what you've got there is you've got something that that feels like a cheap, like, because Doctor Who often do cheap episodes. So, you know, we watched that episode Blink. So that was a cheap episode where they didn't have David Tennant and Freema Agamon in the episode. Uh And and some of them work and some of them don't. Okay, but I love the idea that you would open that, you would have that story and that you've got the kind of, you've got the idea that the Doctor's having this other adventure, something else is going on, but it's through the eyes of these people who are trying to survive at the same time. I love that. I think that is 
look, I know Russell T. Davis. He's a fan of my podcast. I know he is. I just know he is. And if he's listening, he can have that idea. <laughs> yes. And now I'm thinking even more. Maybe each of those characters, throughout them trying to survive the ship, can actually die. Yeah, and no. Maybe the entire story would be about, like, the doctor not saving them, and instead he keeps eyeing this blonde girl who's a waitress. <laughs> well, there is actually <laughs> there is actually a, a kind of parallel to that, actually, because there's, in the Matt Smith era, there's an episode called A Good Man Goes to War, and uh-huh. within that episode, there's a character called, I, can't, I think her name is, Oh, what's her name? Something Bucket. Uh, Laura Bucket or Lorelei. Anyway, she is from a place called the Gamma Forests. And the reason why she came to this particular spot to join this army was that the doctor saved her once. And she stays behind to save the doctor. And when the doctor comes across her body, um, he doesn't know who she is. He doesn't remember rescuing her as a child. And that would be really cool for this episode if he just came across, like, towards the end, those three people's bodies, and he was like, if only I could have saved them. <laughs> but that they'd had this incredible adventure that we, the audience, had been witness to and that the Doctor didn't know anything about. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, see, we should take over. We'll write Doctor Who. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely need some new writers. Well, actually, they've got this old writer back again. So he's come back to basically save it again. (laughs) Oh, I see. So he's coming back. Like, he's not here now, but he's coming back. No, he's coming back for, um, you know, Shuti Gatwa, who's going to be the 15th Doctor. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw who they announced for the companion and the Doctor. (laughs) What did you think of the new companion? Any thoughts? My thoughts are basically, um, it seems like safe. It seems very safe, <laughs> if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. It, it does seem like a safe choice. All I can hope is that we finally get a companion, because we've had companions in the past in the original series that weren't from um, Earth and weren't from the current time period that the show is filmed in, but... In the revival series from 2005 onwards, we've never had a companion that wasn't contemporary, didn't come from Earth, and really wasn't from the UK. So it would be interesting to see if she's from the past. Yeah, yeah. So you've talked a bit about the fact that you would want to see more Doctor Who in future. So this episode didn't put you off, basically. Oh, no, it did. But I would just... Sometimes I would just watch TV just to watch it. I mean, I have an appreciation for all movies and TV, except for horror. But, um, yeah, I'll watch watch anything. And even if I hate it, I can still find something in it that I appreciate because I love TV. So, finishing up the episode, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me again. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show because... Well, I've had a lot of feedback. People love hearing you. They loved the space episode. So that was really good. And it was just great to have you on the show again. And hopefully I can torture you with more Doctor Who stuff in the future. Yeah, feel free. I'm always down to watch whatever. Not to write a song called Cosmic. Wanna 
To love. 